What's up, everybody? How are we doing? Come on. Welcome to OSC, and um, we're so excited that you're here with us. My name is Pastor Josh, and as uh, Lucy so eloquently said, we're so glad that you're here. I've never heard it called a cute connect card, but it's what it is, and uh, I'm excited about that. Hey, uh, so glad that you're here. If, if you, come on, how many glad just to be back in church together? Hey, everybody that's in the room, would you give a huge shout out to all those watching online? We love you. We're so grateful for you. Glad that you could participate in OSC at home. We know that there are still many of you that are not ready quite yet to come back in, and that's perfectly fine. Uh, we're so glad that you're here and able to join us online. I know that we got people, it's vacation time, people are traveling as well. How many are you thankful that you can still catch OSC even when you're not in the building? You can still catch it and be a part of it. And so, hey, I want to let you know a couple of special things we've been working on. Um, we normally do notes. So for those that are new, we normally have notes that happen uh, that, we get, that we pass out paper-wise. But just because of health things, we're making sure that we, we don't do that. So this is what we've done. If you have the OSC app, um, you can go ahead and pull it out now. Uh, it's OSC Connect. You can just go and look it up if you haven't downloaded it yet. And if you go to it, right there on the front homepage is actually these notes today for today's message. You're welcome. And so uh, you can go ahead and pull it up. And uh, hey, here's even better. It has fill in the blanks. Come on, somebody. I mean, it's, yeah, I felt good. Okay, so got all the fill in the blanks on there for you, um, as well as our discussion guides. If you want to take this message to the next level uh, for our life group leaders, as well. Your discussion guide is right there on the app. So go ahead and pull it up. You can jump on our Wi-Fi if you're here in this building because you're not getting any cell phone signal in this building. Um, but we're excited to kick off this new series called The Holy Who. And we're looking at the Holy Spirit. And we know the Father, we know the Son. Most of us don't quite understand the Holy Spirit. We surveyed you uh, a number of weeks ago and asked, what is something you want to grow in in the summer? And the number one response was how to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we said, if that's what people want, that's what we're going to do. So we're going to spend six weeks unpacking bit by bit who the Holy Spirit is, what he does, what are the gifts that he brings, the fruits of the Spirit. I mean, we're going to go through in detail on a lot of things and we're going to go real slow. We felt like six weeks would be a good time for us to walk through this slowly. Now, when I think of the Holy Spirit and Jesus, now think about this. Ask yourself this question. You don't have to say it out loud. But if you had the option to choose between Jesus being in person with you all the time or the Spirit, which you can't see, living in you all the time, which one would you choose? Now, just think about it for a moment. If I'm kind of being honest, there's an element of, I would love to just have Jesus with me all the time. Can y'all imagine what that was like to have Jesus with you all the time? Like your back starts hurting, you're like, Jesus, I need some help. And he's like, bam, you know, <laughs> you good. <laughs> your kids are like, dad, I can't go to school, I got a fever. Hey, Jesus, come here, come here, come here. Be healed, go to school. Okay, so, or you know, you open up the refrigerator, and you're like, oh, I forgot to get the milk. We're out. And Jesus is like, I got that. I got that. Bam, five gallons. You know what I mean? It's just like, can you just imagine what it would be like to have Jesus around you all the time? And that's what it was like for the disciples. I mean, the disciples had Jesus all of the time, all the miracles that they saw. I mean, they saw him raise people from the dead. They saw him take a kid's Lunchable and feed 5,000 people. I like the communable. That was good, PB. I like that. That was really good. Uh, I mean, he, he did some phenomenal miracles in front of them. 
And so you can imagine how crazy it was when they heard what Jesus said in John 16. So if you got your Bibles or if you want to pull open your notes, we'll also put it on the screen for you. John 16, Jesus says this to his disciples. Watch this. He's been with them for about three years now. And uh, he says, can y'all put John 16 up? Is it coming up? There it goes. Okay. But in fact, all right, everybody help me with these white letters. But in fact, it is, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the, all right, all the kids, help me out. The advocate, okay, won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. So this is what Jesus was telling them. He said, listen, you've had me for three years. I gotta go, but don't worry. I'm sending you my best. And my best is the advocate. Now this word advocate is actually really three words in one. Counselor encourager, and helper. Come on, how many know all of us in here? How many of y'all right now could use some counseling? Come on, raise, raise your friend's hand for them. Okay, just let them know. You could use some counseling. Okay, how many know we all need some help? And then there's many days we all face where we could use some encouragement. And Jesus says it this way. Hey, guys, listen, I gotta go, but don't worry. I'm gonna send you the best encourager, the best counselor, and the best helper you've ever met. Now, think about how weird that is for them to hear that because for three years, they felt like they've gotten the best. But here they are in this moment, and Jesus says, no, 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 I have actually something better than me. This Holy Spirit will come along, and he will be there. And so he's trying to help the disciples go from physical leadership, where they woke up every day and said, Jesus, what are we doing today? To now, Jesus is no longer there, and he says, there's going to come a day where I'm gone, and you're going to wake up, and you're going to have to ask the advocate, and he's going to tell you what you're doing. You're going to go to a spiritual leadership side, and so this is what we see in Scripture. Jesus wanted you and I to have the Holy Spirit, but not only did he want his disciples to have the Holy Spirit, and he wants us to have the Holy Spirit, we also see in Scripture other people want us to have the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul, probably next to Jesus, one of the mightiest guys in scripture that did even amazing miracles as well. He says this, watch this. He says this in Ephesians chapter one. Watch his prayer for the church. He's praying for the church. Imagine Apostle Paul praying for our Savior's church today. This would be the same prayer he would pray. He says, but I pray that you begin to, everybody say this word. Understand. That you would understand how incredibly great his power is to help those who believe him. Watch what the next verse says though. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. So Paul is going, I pray, I pray, I pray that you would understand how incredibly great the power of the Holy Spirit is. Now, here's what I know. My prayer and Jesus' prayer and Paul's prayer is that you would encounter the Holy Spirit. But here's what I know. You cannot encounter someone that you don't understand. So you've got to understand who is the Holy Spirit before you can really have an encounter with him. This relationship with the Holy Spirit is one of the most misunderstood, yet one of the most powerful relationships available to you and me. I, uh, when I was a kid, I lived in Texas. And my parents thought it would be a great idea. The fair came to town, kind of like the Jennings Fair that comes to town. Every year, the fair would come to town. So my parents thought it'd be a great idea to bring me to the fair. So we're at the fair, little fair place, and they have one of those little kitty roller coasters. Y'all ever seen those? 
Watch, I'm a, I'll, give, I'll give you a picture of it. This is what it, right, look, it looks like this, okay? Except this one's like really nice. My, ours was a little ghetto, okay? So it was like, it was like boxes, you know what I mean? It's like the 80s. Come on, somebody. It wasn't, it wasn't all nice like this with a dinosaur on the front. It was like some guy, go ahead, you know, get on. You know, we think a little box. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Maybe they still do that to fair now anyways. <laughs> okay, so... So this is what I was on. So my parents thought this would be a great opportunity to introduce Josh to the world of roller coasters. It's simple. It just, you know, it's like a little two little hoop comes around, you know, that does that about six, seven times. It's all good. So they put me in, strap me in, and my dad's got the video camera. And it's like, you know, like the video camera, you know what I'm talking about? And my dad's filming and everything, and here I am. I take off, and they're, they're trying to, like, track me, and they're looking. And when I come around that next corner, I'm going, ah! I'm crying like a girl to the point where they got to hit the red button to stop to get this little sissy boy off of the roller coaster. And I come off of the roller coaster and I'm, you know, crying. My dad's got it on camera. Just <laughs> like every good dad does, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, I'm still looking for this footage so I can burn it. And uh, it's out there. So anyways, man, I was scarred. I was scarred. And I lived in Houston. And if anybody knows Houston in the 80s and the 90s was famous for one really amazing place. What was it? Man, y'all know it well. Okay, yeah, Astroworld. Home of the roller coasters, as you can imagine. And here I am growing up in the home of incredible roller coasters, scared, 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 scared. And I remember one really, really big moment in my life. We had moved up to Dallas, and Dallas also has a really awesome theme park called Six Flags. And, uh, and so I went to Six Flags with all of my friends. I was probably junior high, high probably high school, because um, my, my parents would let me go without them. So it was probably high school time. And all my friends decided they want to go ride this, this roller coaster. And this was the roller coaster. It's called the, the Texas Giant. Okay, so I want you to just imagine. This is, ready? This has now been torn down because like six years ago, a lady fell out of this and died. Thank God I didn't know that back then. This was the world's largest wooden roller coaster. So here comes bold Josh with all my friends going, we're going to ride the Texas Giant. And I'm like, we're going to ride what? Like, and so... So if you've ever been to any of these big theme parks, the line is usually like two hours to get on these rides. So, so not only am I feeling it in my chest as it's going, it's two hours of feeling what this moment, and you just watch it. You sit there and you just watch it. You're watching it all going. I get up to the, get up to the little you know, lanes where you got to get your thing, and a, and a girl that I was with was like, would you ride with me? I was like, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, sure, let's go, let's go. And I get in and buckle down. And you know, man, my, it's like I was running a marathon. I mean, this thing, I was thinking of everything, looking at the signs like no pregnant women, no kids with asthma. I had asthma. Okay, I can't, I can't, I can't ride this, guys. I'm, I'm looking for every excuse out. I'm in, I'm buckled in, and I go. And if y'all have ever been on the little tick, 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 that part, you know what I'm talking about? Like your heart is beating as fast as it is, like it's a thing. And we shoot down this 300-and-something-foot roller coaster and ride through this craziness. And I get off, and I go, that was awesome! (laughs) 
let's do it again. And so now it was like I was, I was hooked. I was, I was ready to jump on every roller coaster that I could be on. The reason I say all that is because for a lot of years of my life, because of one bad experience when I was a little kid and the confusion that that, that brought into my life, it, it, it made me miss out on years and years and years and years of incredible, incredible fun because of something that happened in my past. I think the same is true for many people when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Because if you've had a bad experience or you're confused about it, you push it away because you don't want anything with it, but you don't realize it's the best ride ever. And I want to introduce you. I want to introduce you to the to the Texas ghost, okay? The 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 big one. Like he's the Holy Spirit has so much for you. But here's the deal: you cannot experience and encounter all that God has for you if you don't understand who, who the Holy Spirit is. Because here's what I know. You'll never put your life into someone's hand that you don't trust. And you won't trust someone until you know them. And you don't know someone until you get close to them. So for the next six weeks, we're going to try to just get you close to hearing and understanding and hopefully at the end, really truly encountering Jesus and the Holy Spirit in a new way. All right, so are you ready? Okay, so here we go. I believe the, the greatest strategy of the enemy is for you to be afraid or confused of the number one thing that can change your life forever because the enemy knows the Holy Spirit's the game changer. So let me, let me unpack who the Holy Spirit is. Now, when I say Holy Spirit, or when we said we were doing this series, many of you immediately started thinking of things of what you thought maybe the Holy Spirit was, or depending on what church you went to, is the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody, and you got to lean with it. Holy Ghost, <laughs> all right? With a white, you know, you got to go. Okay, so when you think of the, who the Holy Spirit is, let me, there's a couple things that people think of, and I want to I debunk these first and foremost. This is not the Holy Ghost, okay? The force is not with you, okay? It's not, many people think the Holy Ghost is some kind of force, some kind of thing. It's not, not necessarily that case. Okay, Next one is, for any people that were Lost fans, anybody watch Lost? I don't know if anybody watched Lost. They had this black fog that would always come through, all right? And it kind of had a mind of its own. Okay, the, the Holy Spirit is not, like, there's no black fog about to mist up in here. All right, let me, let me show you another one. This is, this is also not the Holy Ghost. <laughs> anybody know who this is? Okay, all right. All right, this is not, this is not the Holy Spirit. Okay, so let's, let's go to Jesus. Let's go to the Bible and see what the Holy Spirit is. Who is the Holy Spirit? Uh, John chapter 16, verse 13 through 14. These are red letters, okay? So this is Jesus speaking of who the Holy Spirit is, and it says this. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. Next verse. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. Point one, ready? Holy Spirit is a person. Is a person. It's not an it. It's not a force. It's, it's a he. Notice all these personal pronouns. He will do this. He will do that. He will do this. He will. So the Holy Spirit is a person. Why is that so important? It's vitally important that you understand the Holy Spirit is not an object or a force because if it's an object or a force, you don't have to pay any attention to it. But when it's a person, now you have to pay attention to it because if it's a person, it has will, it has emotions, it can love you, it can care for you, it can speak to you. Y'all with me? if If it's just an object, if it's a rock, you're not speaking to a rock. 
If you are, we got counseling, okay? There's some things we can walk you through. But it's, if it's an object, you're not really recognizing it. But if it's a person, you have to recognize who it is. Like, okay, so like all the fathers in here, uh, the kids can listen in on this one too because maybe you've had this happen where your wife or, or your mom has been trying to get your attention. So they're saying your name, hey, 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 and you're on your phone or you're on a device or something. Hey, hey, hey. I know this is probably, ne- this is all theoretical. It's probably never happened, but just hypothetical, this happened. And so you're on, the, hey, 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 hey. And they're like, hey! Were you saying something? <laughs> I'm trying to get your attention. Oh, I, I, oh I'm, I'm sorry. The person that's on the other end that's trying to get the person's attention that's ignoring them feels rejected feels not listened to, feels like they're not in the room. Okay, watch this. The Holy Spirit is not an object. The Holy Spirit is a person. And just like we try to get the attention of of people that we love to commune and talk back and forth with, how many know we have a Holy Spirit who's also trying to get our attention so he can speak to us, but we're we're going, no, 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 no. And so the Bible says the Holy Spirit can be grieved, and we'll show you a little bit of that in the, in the weeks to come, but there's a way for us to be able to do it. So first and foremost, understand the Holy Spirit is a person, which means we can have a relationship with. Number two is the Holy Spirit is the executor of the Trinity. The executor of the Trinity. Now, don't get wrapped up in too much of this. Uh, we by no means have time to explain all the Trinity, and I really can't explain all the Trinity. There's some of it that's just, we, we leave it with faith. But we do know, according to Scripture, that there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we see this even in John 16 of the interaction between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus is speaking. He's saying what the Father is going to tell you, that the Holy Spirit's going to speak it. So you see an interaction between the three that's happening. And so here's how I want to I describe the role of the Holy Spirit within the Trinity, within God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Let me, let me put it this way. The Holy Spirit wills it. Jesus accomplishes it, and the Holy Spirit applies it. The Father wills it, Jesus accomplishes it, and the Holy Spirit applies it. What do I mean by that? Well, the, the Father has what, let, let me put it this way. Does the Father want everyone to be saved? Yes or no? Yes, yes. yes. Does the Father have a plan for you? Yes. yes. Did the Father fearfully and wonderfully make you? Yes, yes. yes. Okay. But we know because of sin, it broke things off between us, and so he sent Jesus down to accomplish, that was what communion was all about, by the way, to accomplish what you and I could not do on our own. Our relationship with God was broken, so Jesus stepped in, was was perfect for us, took our sin, our shame, lived a life to give us a model of how to live, but he accomplished what we couldn't accomplish. But then from there... He now ascends into heaven and he says, I'm going to now give you the Holy Spirit who's going to take everything that I've done for you and he's going to now apply it to your life and help you live victoriously. He's going to help you live in freedom. He's going to help you live with power. He's going to help you be able to say no to things that you can't say no to. He's going to give you this. This is what the Holy Spirit does. So the Holy Spirit comes alongside and just begins to give um, better parameters and application for what Jesus has done for you. Jesus has forgiven you. Jesus has healed you. But it's the whole, through the Holy Spirit that he works. They work in unison together. It's, the Trinity is unity without uniformity. It's diversity without division. So let's, let's walk through Scripture as we, 
as we wrap this up, I want to walk through the activity of the Holy Spirit. Because it's important for you, in, in order to know who the Holy Spirit is, you need to see what, what he's been up to and what he's been doing. Now, next week, we're going to answer the question, what does the Holy Spirit do? What is his actual role um, in our lives? But today, we're going to look at who he is and a little bit of what he's done. So number one is this. He helped with creation. Everybody say creation. He helped with creation. Watch the very beginning. Let's go all the way back to the very beginning. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. All of us know this one. In the beginning, everybody say this with me. God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the the deep sea. Now watch this. Verse 2. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. So right in the very beginning of this world being spoken into existence, The Bible says that the Spirit of God was hovering all over the waters. That Spirit is the word pneuma. It means a wind, a blast of breath. And this we see the Holy Spirit's activity is in the beginning of our world. Number two, the Holy Spirit helped start Jesus' ministry. This this is huge here. We need to understand all of this. Matthew chapter 3, verse 16, before Jesus ever performed a miracle, He went and had his cousin, John the Baptist, baptize him. If you go and you read Matthew chapter 3 and and John, the book of John chapter 1, you see this story. It says, after his baptism, all right, everybody say these white white letters with me. We'll help, everybody online can help me too. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were open and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. Next verse says this. And a voice from heaven heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Did you see the Trinity at work? Did you see it? It says that Jesus, God the Son, baptized, come up out of the water, opens his eyes. He sees the Spirit of God descending upon him. And then the heavens open and his Father speaks. And we know it's his Father because he says, this is my Son, whom brings me great joy. Now, this is so key for you and I to understand because Jesus would go on from there for the next three years and begin to incorporate and live out his whole purpose in life. 30 years of preparation for three years of purpose for one final moment on the cross to redeem you and I. And Jesus knew this. I cannot do this without the Spirit of God. The Bible says that Jesus stripped himself of his godness to step into humanity like you and I, so that way when we look at Jesus, we know that he was human just like you and I. So when we have a hard day, Jesus says this, I know how you feel. When, when someone rejects you, Jesus can go, I know how you feel. When someone betrays you, Jesus says, I know how you feel. When Jesus, come on, y'all with me? When you have a rough day and everybody needs something from you, Jesus is like, I know how you feel. Come on, mamas, all right? So he knows how you feel. Like, he, he understands that. And, but he also modeled to us that if you get filled with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, you can do things beyond yourself. You go from natural to supernatural. You go from normal to only things that God can do. And so all the miracles that we see of Jesus, healing people, walking on water, uh, breaking of the bread, the, the, the casting of demons, the laying his hands on people and seeing them recover. Jesus was modeling to us not only something that he did 
because, oh, he was God, he was modeling to us something that he's going, you can do this too because the same spirit that rose me from the grave lives inside of you. So we can lay hands on people and believe for healing. I haven't gotten the water walking one yet. I'm still working on that one. <laughs> but there are, there are things that we see that were just supernatural because of the spirit of God and the power of God in our lives. Number three is he helped birth the church. The Holy Spirit was a part of creation. He was a part of the beginning of Jesus' ministry, but he helped birth the church. So even before the, the, the first church ever started, watch what Acts chapter 1 this is Jesus. He tells his disciples before they're about to kick off the church, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, watch this, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So three years he's with these guys and he says, hey, listen, before you go start doing anything, Make sure that you go wait, and we'll talk about this in future messages, but make sure you go wait because you're going to need the power of the Holy Spirit for the things that I have for you to do. You're going to need this spirit, and he's going to come upon you, and then guess what? And then you can go to work. So notice, Jesus didn't start performing miracles until he was full of the Holy Spirit, and the disciples in the New Testament church didn't really start doing anything until they had the Holy Spirit as well. This is where it gets even better because I want to make it personal now. We've looked at the creation, and we've looked at Jesus, and we've looked at the church. But lastly, number four, if you want to just write this one down, he helped initiate your relationship with God. Your relationship with God is only because of the work of the Holy Spirit. Let me prove it to you. Titus chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Yet again, I'm just trying to just walk through Scripture with us. We let God's Word do all of the heavy lifting in this series. He says this, he saved us, not because of the righteous things that we had done, but because of his mercy. Can we just stop there and thank Jesus for that verse right there? Come on, he has saved us. Now watch this, and he has washed away our sins. I love this because it's exactly what Lucy just said earlier. Like Jesus came and the spirit of God came to save you and to wash you from sin, but that's not it. He also came, not to just give you a get out of hell free card. He came so that you could, he could give us a, come on, say it. Say it like you mean it. A new birth and a through the. That is good news for you and I. If you just need a new start, a new beginning, God says, listen, the Holy Spirit will come and give you new birth and new life. All the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And the Holy Spirit has been working on you. But here's what I know. Watch this. Now, we all said it earlier. Does the Father want everyone saved? Yes. Did Jesus do everything that you and I needed him to do for us to be saved? Yes. Now, watch this. Why is not everybody saved? Because, ready? Because we have to respond to the Holy Spirit that is calling us to Jesus. You can reject him. Just like he can be grieved like any of us can be grieved. 
You can deny him. You can block your ears and go, I don't want to hear any of that. But I love it because it's the goodness of God that calls men to repentance and it's the Holy Spirit that just woos us back. He draws us back. He draws us back. I mean, no, the, the Holy Spirit wills for everyone to be saved. Jesus has done everything for everyone to be saved. But the Holy Spirit is calling and calling and knocking and knocking and knocking and knocking. And how many know we still got to open the door, though? We have to receive him. We have to believe that he wants to do that. And I bet if you were to think back over your life, how many, how many of you got some things you look back over your life and you wish you could just have like a little white out, like, y'all, y'all have one of those at some point in your life, you could just white it out or get that big old pink eraser and just erase those things. But here's, here's the key, ready? The Holy Spirit comes and says, I'm going to give you a new birth and a new life. I'm gonna give you a new start and he invites us and draws us into this moment. And everything that has happened in your life right now, watch this, is because of the Holy Spirit. Jesus did all the work, but the Holy Spirit is working right now actively. Y'all ever went to go do something and something inside of you said, don't say that? Y'all know that's the Holy Spirit, right? How many of y'all have done something, you said it, you shouldn't have said it, and then afterwards you're like, I shouldn't definitely have done that. Y'all done that before? That's the Holy Spirit too. And then how many of you have ever just felt like you're just a complete failure, that God can never love you, and yet there's just been something that continually draws you back to him? That's the Holy Spirit. And we'll unpack over the coming weeks how the Holy Spirit is operating in your life more than you even realize. But I want to leave with this. If Jesus, the apostles, and the first church depended on the power of the Holy Spirit, how much more should we? How much more should we? If Jesus says, I can't do my ministry without the Holy Spirit, and then he told the disciples, you can't start the church without the Holy Spirit, how many know, as 2020 Christians, how many know we still depend on the same Holy Spirit that the disciples did for the first church at the very beginning? We need him desperately. So here's my prayer. I, I want you to know the Holy Spirit. I want you to understand him. But I don't want you just to know him and understand him because there's many people who know and understand Jesus but never experience him. I want you to have an encounter and experience with the Holy Spirit over these coming six weeks. I want you to know that he is the best friend you can ever have, the best counselor you can have, the best encourager you can ever have, the best helper you ever have. Before you go anywhere else that you say, Holy Spirit, I need you today. And how many know he's, he's ready? He's ready to welcome you back in. So Father, today, in this moment, God, I pray for every person that's here, God, that they would just have a a fresh revelation of the greatest friend that you have ever given us. God, I pray that your voice would be louder than any other voice, that the Holy Spirit draws us to himself and points us to you. God, I thank you today, Lord, for every person that's here. God, I pray, I pray, I pray, I pray, I pray. As Paul prayed, that they would understand how great the power is that is available to them. God, it's not weird. 
It's not scary. It is an invitation into more power than we've ever had before. It's an invitation to life. It's an invitation to new. It's an invitation to the great adventure that you've called us on. So God, today we, we welcome you. Come on, can you just say that? Can you say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Now for those just with your heads continued bowed, if, if you would say, you know what? I've never turned my life to Jesus. I've never surrendered my life to him. I believe in this moment, the Holy Spirit has brought you here, or maybe you're watching online, because the Holy Spirit is actually speaking to you more than you even realize. And you've been living life for yourself, and you're coming to the place of realizing that's not getting you anywhere other than more pain, more despair, but Jesus has come to give you life and life more abundantly through the power of his Holy Spirit. If you're here in this place and say, I want to know God like that. I want to surrender my life. The Bible says it's called being born again. It's it's being born again. Our spirit comes alive. Jesus comes to do that. If you're here today and you've never prayed that prayer, you're watching online, you've never prayed that prayer, I want you to right there to just pray that with me right alongside. I'm I'm going to pray it out and I want you to pray right there. Say, dear Lord Jesus, today I recognize that you came to this earth to live a life that I couldn't live. And on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you died for it. And you rose again with the power of the Holy Spirit to give me a purpose on earth, a relationship with the Father, and a place in heaven. Today I turn from my sin and I turn to Jesus to be born again. Holy Spirit, fill my life. Give me new birth and new life today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, OSC, let's celebrate today with those.